You're listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. This is episode number 25. Welcome to the Go Adventure Mom podcast, where having kids only adds to the adventure. Get outdoors, see the world, live a full life. Go Adventure Mom, for families who refuse to be indoorsy people. Now, let's go adventure with Kathy Dalton. Hi guys, hope you are having an awesome day today. I just got back from the Outdoor Retailer Show in Denver and connected with a lot of really great brands that I'm excited to connect you with. And you'll get to learn more about that over on the Go Adventure Mom site and on our Facebook page. We've got some things that we're sharing over there and we've also got some giveaways coming up. So be sure to check out our site, goadventuremom.com. Really excited about the interview today. I connected with Heal Utah um, a couple of months back. It was the Patagonia outlet anniversary here in Salt Lake City and my family. We headed over just to check things out and Heal Utah had a booth and started talking and really just am passionate about the things that they're doing and really excited to support them. So be sure to follow along. As always, you can find our show notes on GoAdventureMom forward slash podcast and ways that you can connect and get involved will also be on those links. So we'll talk about a couple of other links and things that they'll share. So if you're out driving or at the gym or just doing the day-to-day of life, just know that you can find that information there. Welcome, Jessica Reimer, to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. Hi, thanks for having me today. We are super excited to have you and really looking forward to learning together. Before we get started, will you tell us your favorite place to go and adventure? Yes, I love that question. (laughs) Although it's really hard to choose just one. I would say here in Utah, so I also live in Salt Lake City, Um, One of my favorite places it's been for a long time is the Uinta Mountains. My family has a cabin up there and it's awesome. Oh, lucky. Um, Yeah, we are lucky. It's great. But I also really love to dive and love to go to the coast. I was going to talk about this, but I have my backgrounds in marine biology. And so I just love being on the coast and getting to explore coral reefs and all of that. So that's another fun adventure. So do you have a favorite lake in the Uintas, if it's even possible to choose just one? And for those of you listening, the Uintas are up in the mountains and there are hundreds and hundreds of these mountain lakes. Yeah, they're beautiful. Well, where our cabin is, we're pretty close to Smith and Morehouse, but we went on a backpacking trip as a family last summer to Island Lake And it was beautiful. It was actually pretty accessible, too. It was like a four-mile hike from the Crystal Lake Trailhead, if anybody knows where that is. And I would highly recommend it. It was really, really fun. I'm writing this down because I love the Uintas, and we spend so much time up there. But I need to know your secret for staying warm. Because every time that we've camped up there, it has gotten below freezing. Oh, man. Layers. Layers. <laughs> Which I'm sure, you know, you know, living in Utah, just, yeah, we went, luckily it was pretty warm when we went. So we didn't, I mean, just, you know, having the general pants and coats and hat, but yeah, I guess that's all I can say is layers. <laughs> so like, I think the coldest I've ever been camping was in the Uintas and like, I couldn't feel my feet. It was, it was so cold, but we love it up there. And we're up there like almost every, every weekend, if not every other weekend, we go paddle boarding and we go fly fishing and yeah, we, we just love it up there. 
Yeah, it's beautiful and so much to do. Well, awesome. Well, tell us about yourself and tell us a little bit about how you got in, I mean, how you came to Utah, but then also just kind of how you got involved with Heal Utah and then we can kind of take it from there. Sure. Well, so I grew up here in Utah. It's, you know, my home. I wasn't born here. I was born in California, but we moved here when I was about seven and my mom and her family grew up here. And so we moved back here when I was about seven years old and just, you know, when you're that age, those places become your home. And so Utah really is my home. Although I went to school in California and spent a number of years there and then spent some time traveling where I learned to dive. I lived in Mexico for about a year working on a marine conservation project. It was super fun. And, you know, living on a beach for a year, if you have the opportunity or ability to do that, I highly recommend it. <laughs> and then, yeah, then through that experience, I really learned that I wanted to uh, learn more about the environment and the, the ecology of the marine environment. And so I went to graduate school in a research program at Oregon State University. So I moved up to Oregon for a number of years. As I was going through that, I realized that, you know, I love the research and I love knowing that topic so well but also realized that my heart really was in applying that research and being able to understand it, but, you know, apply it to the problems that we're facing because we're in this world where everything is so interconnected and the environment is often something that gets forgotten about. Less so now that we're having all of these natural disasters, unfortunately, that are being exacerbated and becoming more of an economic problem. But, you know, I really wanted to transition from the pure research to really more of applying that research. And so my husband and I were looking to move back to Utah and a policy position opened up at Heal Utah, which is where I work now. And it's been an incredible journey and learning experience. You know, working in policy is very different from doing the science itself um, on a number of different levels. Well, so tell me a little bit about like, what does that mean? Like working in policy? Yeah, so my job at Heal, I my title is policy associate and what I do is look at the issues that we're face that we focus on and my my primary issue that I work on here is air quality. And for those of you who live in Utah and in Salt Lake in particular, you've probably heard about our air quality problem which is really exacerbated in the winter with our inversions where air gets trapped in the valley itself, and our pollution gets trapped with that air. So the work that I do at HEAL is to look at all of the different approaches that are being taken to clean up our air quality, whether that's on the regulatory side, so working with the Division of Air Quality and looking at the policies that they have in place to you know, regulate different industries and businesses and so forth. But then also looking at what we as citizens of this beautiful place can do to help clean up that air. Because surprisingly, I think a lot of people don't realize this, 48% of our air quality problem is because of vehicles on the road. And then the 39% is our buildings and our homes. And so, you know, 87% of our air quality problem is really due to us living our lives day to day. And we can't be faulted for that. I think that 
you know, it's something we all need to be aware of, but, you know, we, we need to recognize that we have a responsibility as citizens in the, in the issue as well, along with industries. Yeah. And and I think that, I think that's really huge because a lot of the conversations that I have with the people around me, I think the misconception is it's all big business. It's the, the big, you know, Rio Tinto that are causing all of the pollution. And that's why the air quality in Utah is so bad. But what I'm hearing you say is, no, actually, 40% is because of vehicles. And then that 39% is because of buildings and homes. Like, we need to take a lot more ownership over that and not just saying, well, it's big business and I can't do anything about it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. So industry emits 13% of the pollution that we of our pollution problem that we have. So, you know, they definitely are a part of it. And, but we've been able to reduce that amount because we have our regulations in place because we've been able to, you know, get industry to, to do their part. Now that's not to say that they can't do more. And I think that we're always looking for those areas where industry can continue to play a role in reducing their emissions. But really we're at a point where people have to recognize their contribution as well. And, be willing to start thinking differently about their, you know, how we live our lives, how we're willing to integrate public transportation and energy efficiency and a lot of these measures that we know can help, but it takes everyone participating to make a really big difference. It's, you know, it can't just be a few of us. Jessica is going to share the three things that they will be presenting to the Utah legislature when we return. You guys, I am listening to the best book right now. It is called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. And I kid you not, it is not just paradigm shifting. It is paradigm shattering. You will question all reality and then you will learn how to bend reality. This is a book that both my husband and I have been reading together and we are just really growing a lot and learning from it. So check it out. Go to audible trial forward slash go adventure mom and you can check out the first book for free. We are back on the Go Adventure Mom podcast, and today we are talking with Jessica at Heal Utah, and she's going to share the three things that they are lobbying for with the Utah legislature. So the legislative, the 2018 legislative session begins next Monday, and this is the 45-day session that Utah has where our lawmakers get together. They all have full-time jobs outside of the legislature, so our legislature is called a part-time legislature, and so... What they do is they vote on all of these different issues and really are setting setting the budget for the year and also making decisions about how to allocate funding to different issues and then, you know, also make changes to our laws. And so we get pretty involved in the legislative session in terms of really trying to push for the things that we think are important. And this year we have kind of two or three priorities that we're focusing on, one around air quality. So we're focusing on diesel emissions testing. This is something that is actually a little bit surprising as well. Most counties that have air quality problems along the Wasatch Front require gasoline testing. So cars that use gas have to be tested for their emissions. But cars and trucks that use diesel fuel do not have to be tested. And so... Yeah, there's a whole group of of cars and trucks on on our roads that aren't necessarily clean and aren't are putting out more pollution than they really should be or than their engines are designed for. And so 
we are trying to get diesel emissions testing implemented in all of the counties that currently have gasoline testing as well. And so that's something that we're really pushing for this year. We're also really, there are people that like to modify their diesel engines so that they completely remove all of the emissions controls. And you can sometimes see that when you're at a stoplight and you have a big truck, for example, in front of you, and they blow a big cloud of smoke as they are accelerating from the light. And those, those trucks have often had their emissions controls removed or tampered with in some way. And so we're also working on another bill that tries to target that and make sure that people who are doing that to their engines are, are caught and you know there's some fine involved because it's currently illegal. And so we want to make sure that that law is enforced as, as well as it can be because that's also contributing really bad um, particulate matter, which is what builds up in our airshed during our bad inversions. And it can really impact people with asthma, people with other respiratory diseases. And also it can have over a long period of time, your heart can be affected as well. And so it's just, we just want like to think that all cars that are driving on our roads should be as clean as possible. Do you call it possible. lobbying? Is that the correct terminology? Yes, okay. it is. It's actually really funny. I had to register as a lobbyist this week. And I just, it's never a position that I thought that I would have being in the science world for so long. <laughs> and so it's just funny that that is the term, but yes, it is lobbying. And it's, we, we like to think it's, we're, we're the good lobbyists. <laughs> but our third issue that we're really focused on is exciting. It's climate change. So there are two resolutions that are going to be run this year regarding climate change by two Republican to different, different Republican legislators. So one is Representative Ray Ward. He is going to be running a resolution that really recognizes the causes of climate change. So that climate change is happening and that we're seeing it here in Utah and that there's scientific consensus that people are the primary cause of climate change itself. And so that's exciting to, you know, who knows how far that will get in our legislature, but he's really wanting it to just start conversations and get people to, to talk about it. And then the other one is going to be run by representative Becky Edwards and hers is more recognizing the effects of climate change and that us here in Utah, we need to be focusing on how those potential economic impacts and environmental impacts really do impact our culture. It impacts our economy and that climate change really should be considered when we are making those policy decisions. As, and so, as we sit here in the end of January and it's 50 something degrees outside, and in a state that is that relies so heavily on tourism, specifically during the winter for skiing and snowboarding and winter sports. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we, we are really just excited that the conversations will get started. You know, we don't know how how far these will necessarily go in the legislature, but the fact that we have the ability to introduce these and that there are people with very different backgrounds and, you know, different politi dif different places on the political spectrum are willing to have the conversations is really where we need to start because we have to recognize that there's an a problem before we can actually start to solve it. And, and I really love that as, you know, a voting public, like can't, we can come and sit, right? And like be yeah. a part of it. Okay. 
Absolutely. So we actually, if you if you want to get involved, Heal does a lot of citizen lobbying during the session. So we are going to have a room at the Capitol two days a week. I think we'll be there from like 9.30 or 10 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we will have stuff for you to do. We do a lot of phone banking out to communities whose representatives may be taking a vote on an issue. And what that does is it, it, it inspires people to call their own legislators and let them know how they feel they should vote on a particular issue. And we try to you know, educate people on these different things. And then they can contact their representatives or their senators and have their voice in the process. I mean, I think if the one lesson that I've learned since working in policy is that constituents matter. Like legislators are paying attention to what you say and getting involved is probably one of the most important things you can do during the session. And even outside of the session, just developing that relationship with your representatives. I, I was just reading, a, I think, a, a statistic earlier this week on about just the mindset of specifically in Utah, but I think it exists in other places that it's very, I mean, it's lazy, like they kind of are, are com- is it compliant that they don't, they don't think that their vote matters. And so they don't vote or they don't do anything or they don't show up or they don't make those phone calls. Yeah, I think that that's an ongoing problem that we have throughout the country. You know, I think only like 25% of our populace actually voted in the last election, presidential election. I mean, that's huge. We need to have the range of voices in the conversation. And so, but you can only be a part of that conversation if you're willing to get involved. And I think that it's intimidating for people. And, you know, you feel like if you're not an expert, then your voice doesn't matter, but ultimately you don't need to be an expert. You have, you know, advocates like us who will do that work for you and provide you with talking points and the education that you need to be able to understand the issue. You know, there's also a lot of resources out there if you want to be more involved and have a better sense of of an issue or a problem so that you can talk in an educated way to your representative. But ultimately, they just want to hear from you. They don't care how smart you are. They don't care how much you can offer them. It's more just they know that you voted for them and they know that they are representing you up there. And so if they they don't hear from you, then they are assuming that whatever they're doing is what you want. And so if it's not what you want, then they need to hear that and they need to, you know, be aware that, you know, your voice isn't being represented. And even if they are representing your voice, they love to hear thank you. They, you know, it's great to be able to congratulate your representative for a vote that you appreciated or, you know, them working on an issue that you think is important. And so it, it all comes down to relationships. And I think that this is true for a lot of things in life is that showing up and making yourself heard and visible is, is really important and worth it. Well, and, but I really love that's happening in this conversation is that we're really breaking down a topic that's, that feels like a really big, huge, two really big, huge issues. I mean, and, and I guess they go hand in hand. The biggest issue is climate change. And then we break it down to Utah and the air in Utah. But then I love that you're breaking it down into these, these three things that you guys are targeting. But then I also love that you're sharing ways that we can, in our own day-to-day, show up, Right. Let's let's show up on Tuesday and Thursday 
you know, find you, find the room. And we can do something as simple as picking up a phone and making some phone calls. Like changing the world and climate change is super overwhelming. And, you know, I, I think a lot of us get stuck in this like feeling of helplessness where we don't have that control and we're not able to do anything. But what I love that you're saying is that it it does matter and your voice does matter and that you can serve and you can help this cause by picking up the phone, by showing up with the legislature, sending letters, doing those things. And I think a lot of the times we don't do those things because they are big and scary and we don't know where to start. So we'll be sure to add links on the show notes where people can get involved and, and share that information. Yeah, and we'll we'll also have a bill tracker up during the legislative session that will show all the different bills that we're following and you know how, if we're supporting them or trying to defeat them. You know, we'll show how what our stance is and there are a number of other groups that do that. So if you know the environment isn't the issue that you care that as much about, there's I know a number of groups that are working on children's issues, education, healthcare, and they do similar things. So, you know, it's it's worth doing a little digging if, if there's a particular issue that you care about. Well, I am making a commitment to you and to all of our listeners that I'm going to show up and I will I will be there at least once. And we will share that on our social channels as we're um, tracking those bills as they're being presented because it does matter. And we, we, we can have a voice in this and we can make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be great. We'd love to have you up there. We'll, we'll be up there most days for the next 45 days. <laughs> It'll be a long session. <laughs> It'll be fun to learn more about that process. I remember going up there, I don't know, maybe like in fourth grade and, you know, meeting with our representatives and, and sitting in the chairs and seeing, you know, what was going on. And that just left such a strong impression on me that, you know, we, we can make a difference and, and we do have a voice. Yeah. I mean, they're all just people. They're just people that decided to to stick their neck out and, and run for office and got elected. And so it's, most of them are very approachable and they love to talk to the, to you, especially if you're one of their constituents. So even though it is intimidating and sometimes hard to, to get the courage to go do it, it's, it's really worth it. I love it. I think it's, I think it's so great. It's, it's so great to learn more about it and that these things are really actionable items. And you guys have a challenge that's coming up, right? Yes. So getting back to what you can do on air quality in particular, um, we're actually participating in what's called the Clear the Air Challenge. And this is something that is actually sponsored by the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce. And what they have is a tracker that allows you to log all of the different types of trips that you take that are not in a car. And so the idea is that it forces us to think about public transportation, how we can carpool, if there are certain things we can do on our bikes or just by walking. You're fortunate enough to be able to think about buying an electric vehicle, you know, think about those things that would need to happen to allow you to do that. You know, it just really gets us thinking about how we can reduce the number of times that we turn on our, our car. Cause a lot of the emissions that come from our vehicles really happen in like the first minute that the car is running. So it takes some time to get up to warming, warm up to the temp- operating temperature where our emissions controls can really kick in. So if we can eliminate turning our car on at all, that's really where we get the emissions benefit. And so what the Clear the Air Challenge does is it's a statewide challenge. Companies sign up, 
Heal Utah has a team this year and we are trying to get 100 people on our team. And so to to learn more about joining our team, you can either go to healutah.org or cleartheairchallenge.org and you'll be able to, to find us as a team member or a team to join. And we'd love to have you. We just want to to really start to support people in finding different ways to reduce their their car number of car trips that they take and look at public transportation and see if you know you can integrate it into your into your routine, whether it's one day a week, one trip a week, anything can can help. So I have two questions for you. So number one I don't know if it's like a true or false statement, but there's a lot of these like no idling, turn off your engine. And I hear this argument, let's say I'm in line, I don't know, to, to, to pick up my prescription from the pharmacy and it's, it's in the line or, or at the bank to get to deposit some money or something. Is it better to turn off your car than to idle because what you're saying about the emissions is that it's that first minute that the car is on but help me understand that a little bit better because I feel like that's a little confusing and I hear different sides and just want to understand that better yeah so when I say when you turn your car and you have the most emissions that's assuming that your your car is completely cold so it's called a cold start where you, it's been sitting for, say, overnight in your driveway and you turn it on in the morning. Once your engine is up to operating temperature, your emissions controls are the, are the most efficient. And so if you turn your car off and then turn it back on a few minutes later, the engine will still be at that prime operating temperature. And so when you think about idling, idling really is unnecessary because if you turn your car off and turn it back on, you're not going to get that big emissions plume that you would if your engine was still cold. And with the technology in our engines anymore, I think that maybe on engines, you know, decades ago, it would have been true that when you turned your car on and off every time, those emissions were much more when you started it up again. But I think with the technology that's out there now and that we all have in our cars and trucks, that that is not the case. And so I I generally will turn my car off if I know that I'm going to be sitting there for more than 30 seconds to a minute. And you can feel pretty confident that when you turn your car back on, you're not going to be emitting more than if you had been sitting there idling for that whole time. And I've got a, a newer Honda Pilot, and it's great. If you while, while the engine is on, if you push the brake all the way down, I'm, I'm not quite sure how it works, but it it turns the engine off automatically. So even if you're like at a light and it's longer than, I think it's a couple seconds and your, your brakes push all the way in, it turns the engine off. That's great. I haven't heard of that. <laughs> That's cool. Well, it was kind of weird. Like the first time I did, I was like, what is happening? And then I'm like, oh, it does it automatically. But you know, we do try, I think just being aware that you really can turn your car off and that's something you can do. Okay. So, so this is my like super tricky question because I don't know how to handle this and it's something that is really important, but I see it all the time at school, at the drop-off or the pickup. And we're not just idling like for a minute or two. I mean, it's like 10, 15 minutes do you have any advice on how to tactfully and respectfully ask somebody to turn their car off without offending them? Because I've had somebody approach me before 
And like, I was at the bank and my kid was asleep. And I mean, it was below freezing. And I was like, my kid's sleeping and it's freezing. And, and, and I kind of like took it personally. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I really could have turned the car off or kept a blanket in my car, or, you know, done something like that. But I also realized like, it's kind of a fine line of like, do you approach somebody or do you just take care of your own self and try to make a difference that way? Do you have any advice? Oh, that's a hard one. Cause yeah, you, you don't want to be like that person <laughs> being like, I'm calling you out for your behavior. But you know, I know that a lot of schools now are starting to do kind of like covert data collection on there's these air quality sensors that are pretty affordable. I think they're called purple air and you can, you can get one for, you know, maybe a hundred or 200 bucks. So it's a, it's a cost, but a lot of schools are kind of as a student led project looking at how many, how much people are idling in front of the school and then putting up signs and seeing if that changes people's behavior and using those air sensors to see if the air improves using that. So, I mean, I am always a proponent of data and being able to show, you know, show people and say, look, this is what happens when you are idling. You know, your kids are being exposed to all of these pollutants that you're putting out from your tailpipe. You know, this is what happens when you turn your car off. And I know that there's a trade-off between warmth, especially in the winter, and, you know, turning your car off. But, you know, ultimately, I think it is important to remember that you that at a school, obviously, you have a lot of kids and kids lungs are really vulnerable. And they, especially when they are running around in re, at recess outside, they breathe more than adults do. They breathe faster. Those pollutants are getting circulated throughout their system much more than they are for an adult. And so, and it can affect the development of, of your lungs I recently learned that when a child is born, their lungs are not fully formed until they get to be well into adolescence. And so all of that pollution that you would be potentially producing from idling in front of a school could be affecting your kids and for the rest of their lives because there's no there's no way to undo that damage. And so I don't know. I, I guess I don't have good advice on a tactful way <laughs> to talk to people. But <laughs> but what I'm hearing you say is that we need to maybe do a science project <laughs> on school air quality and maybe like recommend getting this purple sensor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a great project for kids to take on. You know, they can help with the data collection. They can learn about air quality. They can learn about the pollutants that make our air quality bad and then learn about the conditions of that and what makes like what conditions make it better or worse and then take them up to the capital yeah and then they can be our our next generation of leaders who are going to be you know making even more progress on all of these things that we're working on today so I think it sounds great. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate you 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 answering that because it's something we see all the time. It's something my sister and I we actually talk about all the time. And it's hard to be like tactful and and you know, I, I don't know that I would necessarily approach somebody, but in my own day-to-day life, I, I can work on doing those things and like, you know, keeping a blanket or two in the car. So if it if it is a little bit colder outside, then yeah, we'll be fine. The car will stay warm. And I appreciate you kind of explaining idling and shutting off your engine because that was something that was always unclear. So I appreciate you sharing that. 
Is there anything else that you would like to touch on? You know, I think we've covered a lot of the things that I wanted to talk about. I'll just reiterate, we would love to have your listeners join us for our Clear the Air Challenge, which is going to come up in the month of February. And so if you go to HealUtah.org or ClearTheAirChallenge.org, you'll be able to find our team. And we would love to have you help us get to our 100 participants. <laughs> oh, for sure. I will, I will definitely sign up and I'll hopefully get some, some more of our, our tribe to join. I think, you know, we try to walk to school and walk home from school and try to do errands all at once. It doesn't always work that way, but we, we try. So Yeah, I mean, ultimately we have to live our lives. So, and we all recognize that, but it's just what are the little tweaks that you can make that can maybe especially on the days where we have really bad air pollution, have a plan in place for those days or just, you know, be able to know what your bus routes are, the best way to access tracks or something like that so that you know what to do when those days come. And, you know, it, it helps, it helps improve our air quality. Well, thank you, Jessica. It's been an honor to learn from you and we just really appreciate you and your time and the great things that you're doing. Good luck up at the Capitol this next 45 days and um, I hope you can have your lobby card (laughs) and and wear that (laughs) proudly (laughs) yes yes it'll be an experience but I'm excited so thank you so much for having me you're welcome thanks so much for joining us I've definitely loved learning today with Jessica from Heal Utah definitely eye-opening but also just a good reminder that we can do little things to make a difference like keeping a blanket in our car let's turn those engines off and see what we can do together to help our planet. Thanks for listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. For more family adventure, visit GoAdventureMom.com. Plus, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends.